0: Welcome back in to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy Rocky Magana. Kramer Santone in the background helping us keep this thing moving here tonight as the Kansas City Chiefs advance to their fourth Super Bowl in five years, Rocky with a seventeen to ten win in Baltimore on the road in the AFC championship game. What a season man. What a season. From this ridiculous team, this most frustrating Chiefs team I think I've ever seen in my entire life, they're back in another Super Bowl.
1: Oh my god, you can keep
0: your effing MVP trophies, you can keep your
1: regular season greatest defense of all time opinions, you can keep your pundit picks because you know what we got the championship DNA, and when the and when the game is on the line. You got Patrick Mahomes, you got playoff Sammy possessing MVS's body with some kind of crazy Santeria going on out there, and you've got Travis Kelsey rolling back the clock about five years. And this is the wildest run that I think any Chiefs team has ever been on. This has been the most fun and enjoyable run of any of the Chiefs championships because it was it wasn't expected. Like you like you didn't see this coming, and then all of a sudden. They came out, and they just said, oh, they woke up uh, on, on the first day of the playoffs and said, oh, wait, we're the defending champions. We're to come out here and roll every single good team we play against. And this defense, Stephen Sorter, this Chiefs defense, we said it earlier in the year, but this was a statement game. This was a statement game. They said that this Baltimore Ravens defense was historically good. They don't miss tackles. This Baltimore Ravens defense showed up today. But this Chiefs defense, this is the best defense in the NFL. This, this defense shut down, shut down, frustrated, created turnovers off the league MVP and carried this team to its fourth Super Bowl in five years, Kansas City. This is the best defense in Chiefs history. This is a historically good defense.
0: Rocky. We've been talking about it for weeks now. And as frustrating as the Chiefs offense has been at points throughout this season, it really felt like week 17 was the turning point. That late in the season was the turning point for the Chiefs offensively, where they really leaned into Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and Isaiah Pacheco. And that was the turning point. That late in the year was the turning point for the Chiefs on offense, where all postseason long, this is three games now, Rocky, three postseason wins this year for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of Rice, a lot of Kelsey, a lot of Isaiah Pacheco. And with an elite defense, they are back in another Super Bowl. This is insane. This is it. Travis Kelsey said this week, Rocky, that he wants this one more than he's ever wanted any because of everything that they've ever gone through this season and everything that they've that's built up to this moment. And it felt like you could see that early on in the game. So we got plenty to talk about tonight. We're celebrating another Super Bowl appearance for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is unbelievable, especially after this season. Um, and, and, you know, we, we spent some some weeks down in the dumps, Rocky. But they're, they're back there. They got another chance to prove that they are the absolute best team in the world. Patrick Mahomes will continue to add to his legacy. But I, I want to get into everything about this game because there was tons of highlights, even in a 17-10 game. But you mentioned the defenses. And... The Ravens defense is spectacular, but this is something that we talked about all week long at Arrowhead pride. And nationally, the narrative was, Oh, this Ravens defense is, you know, they're historically great. When you dive into all of, all of the metrics and all the stats and the analytics and everything, like it says that this is one of the all time great defenses that we've ever seen in the NFL and all season long, the chiefs defense, despite being elite, despite being one of the three best defenses in all of football, was overlooked and the chiefs only put up 17 points and they didn't do any of that in the second half, Rocky (laughs) that was all in the first half and they were tremendous in the first half, but the Ravens defense put the clamps on the offense. They could not get anything going in the second half. And it was the defense once again, proving that they are elite proving they are one of the absolute best units in the NFL and proving that they could go toe to toe against the team that everyone says this team is far and away the best team in the league right now. And the chiefs proved that they weren't. And that's what we talked about all week long. Like the difference being the Ravens defense and the chiefs defense was not nearly as big as anybody painted it out to be. And we've been talking about that all year. It's unbelievable. They are back in another super bowl and it's really on the back of that defense of that defense that has been getting disrespected all season long. I mean, I mean, here's the thing
1: that people don't talk about is that you can't pass Against this Chiefs defense, you can't pass on this secondary. Yeah, the Ravens have a really great front four, and they got a good secondary. But the Chiefs secondary is elite. Like, yeah, Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers is a very special talent. He was drafted in the top half of the first round for a reason. Like, the dude is a stud. And but Zay round, but Zay Flowers, uh, part of my French, he effed around and he found out what happens when you trent, when you when you when you taunt Lejarius Sneed and you try to stand over him and you try to flex a little bit because guess what, son? You're still a rookie and you're still prone to making mistakes under the bright lights. Like, listen, like, like nobody said that this Chiefs team was the best team in the NFL, but this is the best big game team in the NFL. Winning championships and winning big games, it is a mindset and it is a learned trait. And with Patrick, like you saw it, I think I realized this the most. This past week when I was watching the latest episode of the franchise and Patrick Mahomes was walking out on the field in Buffalo last week, snowballs flying at him, mother effers, middle fingers going up in the air, just like people, just the most hostile environment you could imagine. And you would have thought that he was sitting at a tea party. The dude was just so chill, so even keeled, so unfazed, just walking out into that environment and in that moment this dude is just wired different and it trickles down to this entire team that it doesn't matter what you throw at them they're not going to blink they're not going to flinch and you're not going to intimidate them and when you have that on the offensive side of the ball where all he knows is i got to get a couple scores up and then protect the ball and let this defense carry me home and then this defense despite Despite being banged up, we lost a minute Hugh, in this game. Chris Jones was in and out of the game, completely banged up in this game. And still, they were putting pressure on, on Lamar Jackson. Still, they were getting the job done and, cut, and cutting off his running lanes for the most part. I mean, this, this was not just like an elite defense talent-wise. This was the most gritty and gutsy performance you've seen by a Chiefs defense in a game because they weren't fully healthy. They were missing Willie Gay. In this game, Mike Edwards went out with an injury like this defense dug deep. They dug as deep as you possibly can. And they to steal an Eric B enemy line. They strained. They strained for that extra like every little extra inch to drag their asses across the finish line.
0: So I want to get back to Charles Amena, injury here and in a minute, because that could be huge. That could have huge ramifications for the Super Bowl, but thankfully they they got a week off in between, got some extra time to try to get healthy, but Kramer, can we get the Legereus need fumble back up on the screen? Because I want people to see this play and I want to highlight uh, again, just how incredible Legereus need is. This is a critical moment in the game for the Kansas city chiefs defense where, you know, it, it's still a two possession game at this point, but the Ravens are trying to get something going. And I think you could make the case that was their best all around drive of the entire game because their first one was really, uh, it was just a blown play where you know, Zay Flowers is just wide open and Lamar buys time and, and finds him downfield for a touchdown. But this one, it's like, okay, Ravens are going to score here. Like that. that's what's going through my mind. I'm like, okay, they're going to score here. The Chiefs got to come back out and they got to get something going on offense here in the second half. And that play by Lejarius Sneed, just further highlights, man. And you talked about the secondary, Rocky. This secondary, and it goes through this offseason, they got to lock up Lejarius Sneed. But man, this secondary has a chance to be something special. And I know we have a lot of question marks about the Chiefs defense as a whole and all the decisions they're going to have to make this offseason. But if you lock Lejarius Sneed in, then you've got Jamari Conner who is showing signs of like, Oh man, this guy is a starter for you going into next season. And looks like he could be a legitimate playmaker in your secondary. You got Snead, you might, you got McDuffie and Snead got snubbed this year on the all pro. He absolutely should have been a first team all pro in my opinion, over Sauce Gardner or Trivarius ward. Like both those players had special years, but none of neither one of them was nearly as locked down as luxurious Snead was. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous that he got snubbed on that list, but Snead, has been a difference maker. And that was what we talked about on show and BK this week on Arrowhead pride. We talked about it on a bunch of different podcasts and it's like, everybody's looking at the Baltimore Ravens. Like they were just this powerhouse team that was ready to run through anybody. And you talk about the Ravens in big games against teams over 500 this season, they were absolutely dominant and just had these incredible game plans. And I think even going back to the pregame stuff with Justin Tucker messing with Mahomes and guys getting into it on the field during warm ups, all that stuff. You could tell the Chiefs were in the Ravens' head a little bit. And the Ravens have been hearing all week long, we're the better team. It's our year. We're going to take down the Giants and the Kansas City Chiefs. And it just felt like immediately out of the gate, the Ravens were not playing their style of game and not doing the things that they wanted to do. And the Chiefs' defense was incredibly disruptive. And at the end of the day, That special Ravens defense, which I think is tremendous. I think Lamar Jackson is a tremendous player. I think the Ravens have a very good team. They can be right back in the mix next season. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs have more blue chip players. And that was the biggest difference in this thing. Every single one of the Kansas City Chiefs stars made an impactful play in this game. In a significant moment. Like, there is no stage that is too big for this team. We've seen it over and over again over this run but it's not only that it's that those guys stepped up and made plays when they absolutely had to against the very best opponent that they might see all year in the Baltimore Ravens. And we'll see what happens. in the AFC championship game. Both those teams are extremely talented, but this idea that there was this huge gap between the Ravens defense and the chiefs defense was always false. And we talked about it all week long. It, it never, it never held any weight and the chiefs blue chip players, their superstars showed up and played like superstars and made plays and left their fingerprints all over this game.
1: Well, and you see you saw it right out of the bat. The the Baltimore Ravens live and die on aggression, on offense and on defense. They're an aggressive team and they want to come out. They want to hit you in the mouth. They want to try to intimidate you. They want to try to do all these things. That's exactly what, what Justin Tucker was trying to do, trying to pull his kicker crap, putting it where Mahomes was warming up. And you saw the Mahomes, he he's tossed it aside and went about his business. And and you saw that with the with the With the personal fouls, you saw it with the roughing the passers, you saw it with them pulling out all the stops, all the stops this game, trying to bring Ray Lewis out to fire up the team and fire up the fan base. They tried to bring out Chiefs Super Bowl great (laughs) Terrell Suggs and Chiefs Chiefs Super Bowl champion Terrell Suggs out into the game to fire up the crowd you even saw them on 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 the big jumbotron trying to coach their 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 fans and how to cheer for football saying the opponent wants it quiet please be loud now like like and then they still got 110 decimals sorry sons you're 50 decimals short of arrowhead stadium like you think that we're not used to this you think we're not used to playing in a loud in a loud stadium with with aggression everything they do has to be artificially motivated and pumped up. Where the on the contrary, with the Chiefs, with their blue chippers, like you talked about, where it's just who they are. They're champions. They know they're champions. They know that that the AFC goes through them. And if you want to try to beat them, you got to come out and play your best game. You got to play mistake free football, and you got to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Right? Like like that, that's something that you're not going to do. And And so, like, all this energy that you're spending, hyping yourself up, it's going to fail you in the end, and it's going to get you into trouble, which we saw. You know, Roquan Smith went a little too hard at the end and got the 15-yard penalty. They were just trying to reset the set of downs, and he picks up a 15-yard penalty. Um, And I think that, to your point with this defense, they just played very smart, very sound and they didn't. They they didn't let the moment be too big for themselves. Where they got in their emotions, like 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 the like the whole entire Chiefs team just stayed even killed, controlled their emotions for the most part, and just played better football. They didn't play perfect football, but they played better football
0: than the Baltimore Ravens, and then they beat them at their own game. And I, I want to talk about Charles Mennu before we turn the page over to the offense because I got a lot of thoughts on the offensive performance uh, of this team. But Charles Amenahu, uh Monster early in the game in this one. The Chiefs are really good at putting pressure on Lamar and he's the one that finally gets home to him early in the game. Uh sacks Lamar forces a fumble. Chiefs get it back. They don't wind up scoring on that drive or they, they don't find the end zone. But it's but it's still a, a huge sequence. And then Amena who winds up leaving the game with a knee injury. He's not able to come back in. You could see him on the sideline, kind of testing things out. Didn't look like he could put a lot of weight on it. That's a really tough blow. We're talking about uh, it was already reported this morning that Joe Tooney, even if the Chiefs advance, which they did, uh, might be super questionable for the Super Bowl. And it seems like he's probably not going to be up. Uh, Nick Allegretti had a couple of rough moments, but overall, I think gave us exactly what we expected from him. The Chiefs expressed their confidence in him all week. And I think overall, against a very talented defensive line, he had a really strong performance, but. Losing Charles Amenahu is a huge blow. We know the chiefs are, are deep at that position, but his versatility and what he's brought to them recently, like he has been a huge part of that defense. So that's something to really monitor as, as things move forward here. And we start getting ready for the super bowl over the next couple of weeks. But when you talk about the way the Ravens played today, and I, I talked about this, I think it was on the SB nation NFL show. Um, the experience of this Chiefs team, we've already seen come up big here in, in this postseason run. And I felt like it was going to be a big one in this game. And it absolutely was early on. Like we talked about the petty thing and trying to mess with the Chiefs. Like you're not going to get in Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey's heads. Like that's just not going to happen before a football game, uh, before before one on this stage. Because we saw early in Patrick Mahomes' careers, like I, I think – Back to the AFC championship game where he started that game a little rough against the Patriots in 2018 because it's the biggest stage he's ever been on as a football player. And you see those big game jitters where he just misses some throws early. It takes him a while to to get into a rhythm and get things going. But we're past that point now because they know exactly what it feels like to be on this stage. They know exactly what it feels like to be champions. And I thought that was so big today because it didn't feel like the Ravens had an answer for that, for that experience from the Kansas City Chiefs, because they're the ones doing petty things, trying to get in people's heads, pushing guys around, talking trash before the game. And then immediately Chiefs come out after the Ravens go three and out on their opening drive, Chiefs drive right down. Nice long long touchdown drive followed up same thing N- another nice long touchdown drive and all of a sudden it feels like the Ravens are feeling the pressure like we got to keep up with t- the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid like this offense we 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 got to put we got to put our foot on the gas and they start throwing the ball a bunch and not running it which we talked about that all week too like that's the easiest recipe for success for the Kansas City Chiefs is to try to force Lamar into having to throw and play from behind and I just felt like the Ravens had more time to try to stick to the run. And they just didn't do it. They immediately gave up with it and immediately tried to start throwing their way back into this. And we know that's not really how they want to play. But I think that's another thing that just comes back to the experience where it's a huge stage. You don't want to let down performance. You want to get points on the board. You want to go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes. And the Ravens weren't ready for the lights and the Chiefs live in the lights. So it didn't affect them whatsoever. And I think it absolutely affected every aspect of this game for the Baltimore Ravens. The Chiefs have been in the lights
1: for six years now. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like since the 2018 season, the Chiefs have been in the lights when they went toe to toe with Tom Brady and lost in the AFC Championship game. Like, that was the beginning of it. And, and yeah, we said all week long. But here's the thing with Lamar Jackson, he took 37 sacks this year. 37 sacks. 32 of those sacks came on plays without play action. 36 of them came on plays without a screen option. Why? Because when you get in the lead and he doesn't have a run, that the, the threat of a run, you get him in long down and distances and put them in passing situations, they become one-dimensional. There's no threat of a handoff. There's no threat of a play action and Lamar scrambling out. There's no threat of, of a play action and Lamar throwing the ball. There's no threat of Lamar dumping it off on a screen pass. Because if it's third and eight, third and 9 they're not going to do that. They got to pass the ball downfield. They got to get chunk plays. And that's what you saw happen today. The Chiefs got them, got Lamar into those situations, and because of that, he had to hold on to the ball. He holds on to the ball way too long. Like, that's, like, like here, there's two elephants in the room about Lamar Jackson's game. A, he holds on to the ball too long. B, he fumbles the ball too long. He fumbles the ball a lot. What did we see today? He fumbled the ball in a strip sack by Charles Aminahue, and he held on to the ball too much It took coverage sacks in crucial, in crucial situations, right? You know, and so... And so like 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 the Chiefs game plan came out. They almost played the Buffalo Bills game plan from last week. They said we're gonna have long distrained sustained drives to start off the game. We're going to hit them in the mouth. We're gonna get up a couple of scores, and then we're gonna make their offense try to pass their way back into this game against our elite secondary that we know they can't pass against. I mean, I mean, Andy Reid had the perfect, the perfect game plan to beat the Baltimore Ravens today.
0: See, and I think this is just goes back to the evolution of this team as this season has gone on because I think Andy Reid's opening script in the first half, tremendous. That's exactly what you want. You want you want to take a bunch of time off the clock and you want to finish with touchdowns. And that's exactly what they did. And in doing that, you put the pressure on the Ravens to go out there and then time and possessions heavily favors the Chiefs in the first half of this game. Now in the second half, neither offense could really get things going. But like you mentioned, the Ravens are pressing because they're feeling the pressure of being down in this kind of game. And Lamar's hanging on to the ball way too long. And you know, the Chiefs pass rush won a lot of times today. And then there were some times where Lamar had forever to throw back there. But Lamar's holding on to the ball for 10 seconds. And eventually he's got to do something. And sometimes he was eating sacks, other times he was just trying to run, but he was taking way too long to decide to run. And all of that w- was just flustering Lamar Jackson. Like it- it's Well, you look at the stats from this game. He goes 20 to 37 for 270 yards, 72 yards, one touchdown, one interception also has the fumble. But, and and I know Gus Edwards isn't exactly a superstar. Justice Hill isn't exactly a superstar, but those guys have been complimentary players all year. Gus Edwards has three carries for 20 yards. Lamar finishes the game with eight carries for 54 yards. Justice Hill's got three carry for three carries for three yards. Like it just, and, and nobody outside of Zay Flowers really accomplishes much of anything on offense, for the Baltimore Ravens. Like it it just felt like the chiefs defense bringing the pressure early, the chiefs getting those early scores. And then just going back to uh, everything that we've talked about, the evolution of this team, Andy Reid wasn't going out there trying to drop 35 points today. He was trying to make sure they didn't turn the football over and that they ran a lot of clock and, and kept those guys off the field because the defense is that good. And the defense gave you an incredible performance today against a very talented football team. And the chiefs did enough and they didn't turn the football over. That's been a recipe for winning for them for much of the season. It just took them the entire regular season to actually commit to it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and like, and that's the whole thing. Is the Chiefs'
1: offense has been like an addition by a subtraction. Let's just be honest. Like the fact that the, that the moment that Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore went out of this offense, the Chiefs and the Chiefs focused on their three, their three studs of Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, rashi Rice and Travis Kelsey, they they started clicking right, and then you hit up your complimentary other complimentary players a little bit, and and so you know, Kadarius Tony, congratulations on becoming a father! Happy birthday! Like wonderful. we wish you wonderful, news. wonderful, wonderful news! Like God bless you! I'm so happy that you have these great things happening in your life, but limiting the offense to the players that we had today, you're right, is a hundred percent. The recipe for success, and and Andy Reid knows it. Matt Nagy knows it. Like, does is the offense limited because of it? Sure, it is. That's fine. You can you can live with a limited offense when you have a defense that holds the NFL MVP to ten points in the AFC Championship game at home. Like, like guys, like the Kansas City Chiefs just held the Super Bowl favorites, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, to ten points in their own house on the road on the biggest stage possible like what like that's unheard that's, of that's that's the, that's the league mvp <laughs> like- yeah that's the league mvp guess what like the like the 2000 baltimore ravens didn't even do that like let's be honest they didn't like they were great and they but but they didn't they didn't hold them to 10 points in the afc championship game
0: on the road like that it's- didn't happen Maybe now that we've got two weeks uh, to get ready for another Super Bowl, um, maybe all of the national media will finally do their homework and watch some Chiefs games and really dive into how special this Chiefs defense has been all season long. Because we've always known about it. It's the one thing we've talked about all year, Rocky. is like we definitively know this is a championship caliber defense. I don't know what the hell the offense is. But that defense can go win you a ring. And the defense did it today and they proved it. And it's so cool to see on that side of the ball because we know what Mahomes is, we know what Kelsey is, we know what the offense is at this point in the year. And they're still gonna make a handful of plays. And Kramer, can we pull up the Travis Kelsey touchdowns? I want to talk about that really quick. Um, but this defense is special, and, and I've had so much fun watching them play. They are so creative and they have such incredible personnel. And Spags has been so amazing, but Mahomes is going to make some of these plays every now and then too. And so him making those, these incredible plays and that was a, a critical play to Travis Kelsey where Travis Kelsey lays out for it. And then this touchdown pass that is absolutely perfect. Travis Kelsey winds up having a monster game today because the chiefs hall of famers step up and make plays when they need to. He finishes the game, 11 receptions for 116 yards in that touchdown. And that touchdown so huge because it's the opening drive of the game. And Kyle Hamilton, the Ravens' best player outside of Lamar Jackson, their all-world safety, who, in my opinion, best safety in all of football right now. Like one of the most versatile players on the defensive side of the ball, you're gonna find anywhere in the NFL. He's incredible. This is a perfect throw from Patrick Mahomes. Kelsey knows exactly where the ball is gonna be because Mahomes knows exactly where he has to put it to make sure that Kyle Hamilton has absolutely no chance. Of, ke- of making a play on that football. And that's exactly what they did. Like, I understand that the offense didn't put up a ton of points in the second half, but they did exactly what they needed to and didn't hurt the defense in the process of not putting up any points in the second half. And Mahomes was tremendous in the first half of this game. Andy Reid's opening script was incredible against this best defense in all of football that was supposed to be the biggest advantage in this game. And Patrick Mahomes only has nine incompletions in this game. It's 241 yards and one touchdown. Not as big as postseason game by any, any means, but he was effective and did everything that he absolutely needed to do. Took care of the football, made throws when they needed him to make throws and they did just enough offensively. That's all we've been asking for all season. I, I'm past the point of thinking this chief's offense is going to drop 35 points on a weekly basis. Just don't turn the football over. Have Mahomes homes make a couple of special plays and that's enough to win. And it was, it, it's so it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling to just talk about it this way all season, it's exactly what leads them to another Super Bowl. It's great because it's what it's what every fan was begging for
1: all season long. This was the game, these last two games are the games that we've been begging the Chiefs to play for the last two for all season long, these last two weeks. And can we officially once and for all put to sleep the tire narrative? Travis Kelsey doesn't care about football anymore, and he cares more about being famous and being Taylor Swift's boyfriend and making commercials and being on Saturday Night Live, and that he doesn't love the game, and he's getting old, and he's gonna retire, and he's gonna, and he doesn't have the same fire that he can. We put all of that to rest because today, Travis Kelsey said this week he wanted it more than he ever wanted anything else, and that it's his responsibility every day when he walks in the building to make sure that everybody knows that. Despite his increased, you know, uh, public stature, that he's still the same dude he's always been, and he still wants it just as much. He's still going to work just as hard. And I tell you what, today you saw, you saw a dude out there that wants it more than anybody else. Like that, like Travis Kelsey's touchdown catch, he wanted it. He wanted it more than Kyle Hamilton did. That was a I I want this. That diving conversion catch by travis kelsey oh, what the there was a the set at one point 10 targets and 10 receptions for 102 yards for travis kelsey like that's a dude that's a dude who's out there he's yeah, not a guy who's out there who's trying to rest on the laurels of day in the pop star that's a warrior out there year after year saying this is the moment my team needs me and i want this more than anybody else on the football field and i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna get that damn lamar hunt trophy for the Mar Hunt, for for the Hunt family, for Norma, God rest her soul, who passed away recently, we're going to bring this trophy home for Norma this year because they deserve it. Like, like this was this was championship DNA. I know I've said it before, and I'm and I'm rest, I'm riding with this narrative until the end. This Chiefs team is an NBA team. The regular season no longer matters. When the bright lights turn on, that yeah. that Jordan Pippen, DNA kicks in and don't bet against them. Don't bet against them. You'll, you, you'll, it's the stupidest thing you could do is bet against Mahomes and Kelsey and
0: Reed in the in the playoffs. They've proven it over and over again. Uh, I don't know how much more we can talk about it before it's acknowledged that sometimes this team sleepwalks, uh, sleepwalks through regular seasons. Uh, they just simply do. And this season, I don't even think it, it was that, uh, at times for sure. Uh, like that game against the Raiders. But for the most part, I think a lot of it was just struggles. Um, and, you know, you talk about Kadarius Toney. If Kadarius Tony is activated for the Super Bowl as a punt returner, I'm totally fine with that. I don't want to see Kadarius Tony on offense in, in the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs got, got a good thing going right now, and, and where they're at offensively is exactly where they need to be. And we can't get out of here, Rocky, without talking about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who once again... Uh, Critical moment in the game uh, game ceiling reception for the Kansas city chiefs third and nine Mahomes goes deep hits MBS for a 32 yard gain uh, for a guy that, that's taken a lot of heat from the fan base, a lot of heat from me. I have been very, very critical of MBS. Uh, since going into last season, because I, I just think that at times uh, there's some very questionable play from him, and, and at times we see some critical mistakes from him. But back to back years, man, MBS in the postseason, <laughs> some game changing plays. We saw him do it last year in the AFC Championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals. He comes up huge again, and he ends the season of the Baltimore Ravens for the Chiefs on Sunday. So it, it's this is exactly what we've wanted from him all year, Rocky. He doesn't deserve seven targets a game. If he gets two targets and one of them turns into a big completion downfield, that's exactly what you want. That's exactly what we want out of MVS, and he comes through once again for the Chiefs on a just huge stage in the playoffs.
1: Doubt. I mean, playoff MVS, like like playoff Sammy all over again. And I I was I was harder on MVS than I think anybody was this year in the play uh, during the regular season. I mean, he he. He wasn't good, but guess what? He's proven me wrong week after week after week now. And please, please, please keep proving me wrong. Keep making me look completely stupid when I said that the team should cut you. Like, like make me look like a fool. Go out there He's in the Super get Bowl. And please make get me look stupid and get a you. touchdown. Like, like, I would love nothing more. He's got to be. He's trying to get that money, though. He's trying to retain that bag. What he's trying to do also is he probably know if he is going to get cut, he's saying, if I put some good stuff on tape in the playoffs, somebody will sign me, right? You know, he's trying to get the next contract, even if he's going to get cut. But just prove me wrong. Just keep making me look stupid. That's all I ask.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, NFC championship game underway, the lions, uh, in under two minutes, opening drive touchdowns, a uh, long Jameson Williams, uh, run. So lions up seven to nothing early on the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know about you, Rocky, and we can get into that here in a second, but I really want to see the Detroit lions go to a super bowl. Um, but yeah, MVS, man. Uh, uh, I still find it hard to believe that, that guy's going to be a part of this team next season. But again, um, he he's given Chiefs fans some great memories here in the playoffs in back-to-back years. Where no matter how you want to call him out for his regular season play, he has shown up twice now in the postseason on the biggest stages in critical moments for the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, just a tremendous p- performance from the Chiefs all around. And uh, again, I just want to reiterate, like. The experience of Andy Reed and this coaching staff in Steve Spagnolo, I, I think was another huge difference maker in today's game where uh, a lot was made of Todd Monkin and Mike McDonald this week and they're they're both great play callers. And I think uh, Harbaugh is a great head coach and the Ravens really got something building over there. I think they could be right back here next season. But their experience was huge today. And and I think that Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid helped dictate everything that the Ravens basically did today. And and I think that wound up being the deciding factor in the game too because everything that that their game plan was on Sunday impacted how the Ravens responded. And I think it totally threw their game plan out the window and totally changed things for the Chiefs.
1: Oh, 100% it did. The Chiefs dictated the tempo and what style of game this was going to be from the jump. Like Andy Reed came out and he and he said, "Hey, hey Harbob brothers. Like I know that 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 uh Jim is is joining my division next year and so I'm going to be his daddy for a couple more years, but uh but uh here, here's the deal. We I dictate the tempo of this game. You don't. I'm going to come out. I'm going to do long drives. I'm going to put you on your heels. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tire out your legendary defense. And then we're going to finish. And then Spagnola is going to come out here and say, okay, look, they're going to be pressing because they want to come out and score and, and, and respond. And they're going to try to stretch the field. So what do you do to Lamar when you do that? You bring pressure, right? You bring pressure. You, you, you drop your defenders. You let Trent McDuffie, Trent McDuffie, who's an all-pro all slot cornerback, Trent McDuffie had a game today. Like he had a game today, yeah. and and Odell of. Beckham Jr. just look, looked like an old man. He 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 looked like a like a washed old man when Trent McDuffie was on him today. It was it was a thing of beauty to watch, and he, I mean, the that's the whole thing about this defense too. Yeah, we're losing some pieces. There's got to be some things switched up in the offseason. but we got a nucleus of Carlotas, McDuffie, even Williams. You got Connor. You got Cook. Like we have a we have a nucleus of young, talented players on this defense. That yeah, we may not never see it this good again, but it's not going to be bad. And that's one yeah. thing you know. The Chiefs' secondary is not going to be bad. It's going to be just as good next year. The whole secondary is back, with the exception, exception of Mike Edwards, right? And so yeah, and Steve, I mean if yeah, and open. well, if well, God God bless him. Whatever yeah. happens with the Jarius after this season, I hope all only good things. Happened to that man? He any whether it's with the Chiefs or anybody else, I, I I pray nothing but blessings on him and his family for the rest of their days. After the way that he's played, but you're right. I do hope it's the Detroit Tigers. I hope Detroit gets to go to their their first Super Bowl since I don't know since they invented the cotton gin or something like that. um And I hope we break their hearts. I hope we break their hearts, and that yeah. that that the whole city is crying because the Chiefs are now. The evil empire of the NFL, and we're the New England Patriots, and I hated Tom Brady all those years, and I hated Bill Belichick because they won every single year, and there's nothing you could do to stop them. And guess what? Now that we're them, I love it. I I relish, I relish in being the, the, the villains of the NFL, Stephen.
0: Say four play 75 yard uh, scoring drive for the Detroit Lions to open things against the San Francisco 49ers. Uh amazing start for them uh see how that goes and see who's going to face the chiefs in the super bowl here in a couple of weeks but uh i want to remind you guys if you're listening to us on the podcast stick around after the commercial break we'll have all the post-game press conferences but let's get some comments and observations before we get out of here Stat of the game the chiefs ran the ball two times more than baltimore not efficient but dedication to the run that kept the clock moving and the guessing. that's from carl yeah that just goes back to what we were talking about it's Rocky, I felt like from the very start of this game, the chiefs dictated the game flow from from the very opening drive on offense. They dictated everything about this game and every Ravens decision was dictated by what the chiefs did from then on. And it, it's crazy to think that they were that heavily influenced, but it just felt like the pressure really got to Lamar and the pressure really got to their coaching staff of like, we got to keep up against these monsters. Like we can't lose to these guys by not going for it. And they went for it. The problem is that's not really their game, and they could never really find it after that. And it just felt like the Chiefs controlled things, and they especially did it with the run game and, and these long, sustained drives and trying to stay on the field and run clock.
1: Yeah, listen, Baltimore's run defense shut down the run game for the most part today, and fine, because the Chiefs stayed true to their game plan. And once they were up two scores, it wasn't like it's not so much about picking up yards as it is keeping the keeping the clock going and then putting the pressure on Baltimore, back on Baltimore to like to actually move the ball against this defense like like Andy's dedication to continuing to run the ball when it wasn't working is the biggest compliment that he could have given this defense today I think he he knew that this defense was up to the challenge and that that he trusted that they were going to be able to stop Lamar and and the baltimore ravens and, and god bless him playing injured isaiah pacheco gave everything he had and even when he was getting stopped he was running as hard as he could and you know what it, it, it was a hard-fought game it wasn't his best game but it was
0: but he gave everything he had and he did enough he got in the end zone when we needed him too and it's huge now, get some rest time for Pacheco, try to make sure he's 100% ready to go for the Super Bowl. Uh, Rasheed Rice has been fighting through a hamstring injury. We saw him get up slow a couple of times today, same thing last week. So I, I think everybody could use this extended break ahead of the Super Bowl, but hopefully we, we get the, the most healthy version of the Chiefs that we can at, at this point in the season. Uh, from Pete, let's go. Let's pay respect where it's due. Read, revamp the playbook. Wide receivers clean the catching up, and Taylor cleaned it up somewhat. Super Bowl bound salute. Yeah, it, it's really. We point back to all the Chiefs' big losses this season. You can always point to like two or three plays throughout the game where you're like, "Well, that's why they lost. If they complete this pass, if they don't fumble this ball, if they don't make this mistake, then they win the football game." And they finally cleaned it up enough. Like they finally got it together enough where, you know, they're, they're still going to make some mistakes. And you know, a Trey Smith uh, had back-to-back holding penalties that totally killed a drive where they were moving it. And one of them was a Rasheed Rice touchdown. That was a, a great play design and call for Mandy Reid gets called back because of a penalty on Trey Smith. Then he gets called for another one. And you can complain about the penalties all you want. Like I, I don't want to complain uh, about referees. But this team still makes mistakes. The difference being now that they can overcome some mistakes. And as long as they don't have critical mistakes, the turnovers, the pick sixes, all of that stuff, those are the critical ones. And they cleaned up most of that enough to the point where they're not killing themselves and they're not losing football games themselves, which I think is what happened multiple times this season by just trying to cut back on it. You just you just can't have as many as you had every single week like they were early in the season. Yeah, the only like all season long, the only team that can beat the Chiefs is
1: themselves. We've seen that. I mean, from when they played the Detroit Lions, we saw that the very first week of the game. Uh the very first week of the season. And and I think you saw that that happened to the Baltimore Ravens today. That that interception in the end zone that Lamar threw, like that was just that was that was a you can't make that throw as a quarterback throwing in a triple coverage in the end zone like that. Like that's the sort of mistake that the Chiefs were making earlier in the season that was killing them. And we said all along, like, just don't don't beat yourself because you have you have this defense. Like, just play within yourself, don't make critical mistakes. Because the only team that can beat you is yourself. And the Chiefs finally decided to stop beating themselves. And then they've gone on this magical run of just beating all these really talented teams. And we're in the Super Bowl. We're in the Super Bowl against David Serta. Like, back-to-back, back, we tried to run it back you know, against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we came up short last time, right? And living in Tampa, that was the most miserable experience of my life, losing to the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. But now we have the opportunity to go into the heart of Morador in the Raiders Stadium and win a Super Bowl on their field where one of our fans buried a flag underneath their field when the stadium was being built we got a chance to go into the very heart of darkness itself and win the ultimate prize oh my god i've never been so flip and fired up for anything in my entire gd life i mean i it's, promise it's, you
0: i see you in the background give it rocky the finger kramer uh, i'm gonna call that out um yeah it would be really impressive if the chiefs get to go to the raiders stadium and, and win another super bowl uh just an unbelievable run. Do we have any other comments before we get out of here? We got a lot of stuff to do post game here at Arrowhead Pride as the Chiefs go to their fourth Super Bowl in five seasons. Uh, from Paul, Furious George being disruptive again and again. Yeah, George, it, it's easy to forget about George sometimes in, in these instances, but I know we've talked about him a ton here, Rocky. George is a ball player, man. George has really taken a huge step in year number two, and especially if Charles Amenahu can't get on the field for the Super Bowl for whatever reason. They need George to play lights out. And he was fantastic. He had a couple of huge moments in this game against the Ravens. Oh my God.
1: Have every single pass rusher for the Chiefs spend their entire offseason training with Tomba Haley at 6 a.m. at his house learning jujitsu. Because whatever happened with Tom Bahali, he learned he learned new pass moves. He learned leverage. He learned how to bend better. Like, like Working with Tamba has made George Karloftis three times the player he was last year. It made him a double digit sack person this year, and it made him the like it made before when Chris Jones was off the field, like he was today, it's at it stretches with being kind of banged up a little bit. You were like, Okay, we're not really gonna get any pressure, right? You now have a second legitimate, legitimate stud pass rusher in Furious George the pair up with with chris jones and it's 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 made this front four all the more dangerous i mean you want to talk about why they're why they're championship caliber caliber defense it starts with getting after the quarterback And, and and he is he is one of the most crucial aspects of it this year i mean so hats off to everything he's done just to improve and grow in his second year
0: yeah, uh, absolutely. I think he's been tremendous. And this is from our friend at Fox 4, Harold Koontz, who's at the game. uh Tweet out uh, a picture of Charles Amanahu on the field after the game. Said Charles Amanahu, quote, I'll be ready to play in the Super Bowl. So uh hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully it is something he'll be ready to go for. Obviously, we'll have all that for you at arrowheadpride.com. Again, Kansas City Chiefs headed to their fourth Super Bowl in five seasons. An incredible run, Uh, a dynasty kind of run here from the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and all of these incredible players. One of the most frustrating seasons of football I have ever covered in my entire life, Rocky, but they're back. They're back in another Super Bowl. What what a year, man. This is the most fun I've ever had
1: covering the Chiefs. This... (laughs) This is just the greatest thing of all time.
0: Man, uh, we, we got everything you need to know at ArrowheadPride.com. So make sure you stay locked in there over the next couple of weeks. We'll have plenty of content for you to keep you busy until we're getting ready for another Chief Super Bowl in Las Vegas. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. You can follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky McGonig. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. I'm Steven Sirs, where you can find me. Again, hang around after the commercial break. If you're listening to us on the podcast, we'll have all the post-game press conferences available for you if you want to check those out. Kansas City Chiefs win 17-10 to and head to another Super Bowl. We will talk to you guys later this week at Arrowhead Press. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs advanced to another Super Bowl, their second consecutive and fourth in the last five years after a 17-10 to win over the Baltimore Ravens. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, defensive lineman Chris Jones, cornerback LeJaria Sneed, general manager Brett Veach, and CEO and chairman Clark Hunt. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid.
3: My hat goes off to... Uh, the Ravens and the, and the city here of Baltimore, you've got a great football team. Uh, we appreciate your hospitality. It's a great environment to play in. Um, and then how about the Chiefs? You know, I mean, what a great deal that was. Uh, I thought our guys played hard, aggressive football. Um, it always starts with the offensive defensive line. They, they came out, you know, with a purpose here and, and played their hearts out. Uh, Pat Mahomes did a great job again, uh, as he normally does. But starting the game off with 11 completions, straight completions, uh, that's something something special. And then to manage the game, things that get kind of thrown by the side is him taking a sack there at the end, so um, as opposed to trying to fit the ball in. Um, he, he took the sack, kept the clock running, good things happened there uh, at that particular time. So, And then our defense was outstanding. Uh, we were able to get a lead and we were able to maintain that lead and, and did it with a, with great personality there. So as they've done, uh, throughout the season, but my echoes out to spags, uh, to nags and, and to Tobe uh, for the jobs that they've done as coordinators, putting things together and most of all, keeping the hope up, right. When things weren't maybe going as well, MVS is a picture of that. So people coming down on him everywhere. He, Keeps it right there and does a great job with it. I mean, I thought he was just phenomenal. Uh, that kid, um, he's taking a beating here, and he was able to just hang in there and, and battle. So, anyways, time's yours. Andy, uh, that pass the MBS at the end, How was that <coughs> difficult to it was, call? Yeah, it was, you know, it wasn't hard to call. I mean, just a couple words. Uh, it... it uh, um, it was zero blitz. We knew it was going to be zero blitz, and uh, or at least had a good idea. I mean, you never really know, but but <laughs> we thought we knew. So, and it was, and it got MVS, you know, in a great position right there. I'm losing my voice here. Uh, got him in a great position uh, to make the play.
4: Uh, Travis <coughs> was unlike we have seen him quite some time during the week. He was talking about how this game meant more to him than any other game. <coughs> and certainly before the game and after the game, he looked like he was pumped up. What,
3: what, what's going yeah. on with him? Travis is always fired up you know he's always fired up um, but, but with the playoffs he's even more so and so um, I never worry about him being ready to go. He's always right there and um, Just brings that emotion uh, to, to the guys that, that uh, Just secure feeling that we're gonna go get this thing uh, no matter what and Don't think of anything don't think of anything opposite that we're, we're going to get it. So I appreciate his attitude always. Uh, and he's just added a little bit to it. And I think that week off helped him. Um, so just uh, to, for him to um, be able to get a little bit of rest and get in there and, and go. And, Andy, this team has
5: been <coughs> doubted at certain times throughout the season. Just what stands out
1: about the adversity of this group to punch another ticket to the Super Bowl?
3: Yeah, I mean, easily you could fold. Um, I told you that after our game, our last game against Buffalo, I, never, I the thing that stood out to me most was just the positive attitude on the sideline, through the highs and the lows of positive. Edge, that kind of tells you the season, um, gives you the whole story there. The guys uh, never doubted. Uh, they just, you know, they put themselves in a position where you had a chance, and they, they you know, they took care of that. I mean, yeah. great, great attitude on this team.
6: Just related to that, Andy. I mean, tell you people the story of how you got here? Is that, is that what it is? And this, this is a little different chapter this season
3: than, than it's been. Yeah. Listen, I, I think so. It, uh, one thing, Vahe, it's tough to back to back to back seasons. That's a tough thing. You played a lot of football games, um, and, and you've got to work through that. You know, you got to work through that mentally. That's not an easy thing. And so, um, I'm so happy for the guys and how they how they handled that. You know, and. and when it, when it came time to put the hammer down, uh, they put the hammer down, which was which was important. And the best part is we're not done. You know, we, we've got another game, and uh, you love these seasons to carry on as long as they can possibly carry on. And, and we're there, and that's uh, and now we 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 got to get right back at it and, and start grinding for whoever wins this this game here. <laughs>
7: can you talk about the you were talking about this a little bit before. Is there a cumulative? mental wear and tear. It's not just one season. Isn't that a bit cumulative
4: all these years put together? What does that say about your team getting yeah, here so, with that?
3: Yeah, so what you get when I say that, what you get is everybody's best shot. So every week you're going to get the best shot. And um, and so you—you you there, no, there are no games off for any of that stuff. Not any in the NFL anyways, but there are no games off. There's no light opponent. Um, you, you've got to bring it every week. And so... Um, again, to be in this position, that tells you a little bit of something about the mental makeup of this football team. When,
8: Are we got, you talk, guys, we got to go really fast
1: here. Go ahead, Mark. When, when you talked earlier about sort of keeping hope up throughout all this season, did you did
3: you have your hope filled <coughs> whatever? Any moment that you sort of doubted your ability to be back in this spot? I've never doubted. No, no, uh, that's not how we roll. So, never doubt.
4: Go ahead. Andy, uh, your defensive game plan, how difficult was that to come up with, and how do you feel
3: like you guys executed? I thought, I thought we did a great job. That's an explosive offense. Um, you start looking at categories of efficiency, and they're, um, they're number one in a few spots there. So uh, you've got to make sure when you come in with that that you keep that quarterback somewhat in the pocket the best you can, and he's, a, he's an unbelievable competitor. So I, I thought our guys were able to do that up front, um, I thought our linebackers did a good job. We asked them to um, not only cover tight ends, a great tight end, but also uh, these receivers at times. So we could, you know, Spags had a variety of things he was throwing at, him, at, at the offense, and I thought our guys did a nice job with all that.
8: Last one. And coach, uh, speaking <coughs> of defense, the defensive guys had shirts that said in Spags, we trust. Just want to get your thoughts on that.
3: Yeah, no. I heard it was because his wife moved in, you know, to back here, you know, to Kansas City, which is a great thing. She's also a phenomenal cook. We appreciate her desserts. She makes great, great banana cream pudding, uh, which she's done every week this this season. So, um, anyways, um, Spags, Spags, I've known him a long time since the old college days. So I, I just uh, appreciated his effort and putting all these game plans together. He's not, you know. He and I are about almost the same age, so we're, we've seen a couple of games.
1: Mark,
3: thank thank All right, you. thank
4: you. All right, good. Patrick,
3: can
9: you Go The the Yeah, Coach Reed had the confidence to give us a chance to throw the ball in that situation. Um, they they brought, brought some pressure. Had very Obviously, we're very concerned with what Travis was doing, and um, I looked at, I think it was Rasheed first. The safety cut him, and it, it gave MVS the free lane. And I just put it up and let him make a play. And in those situations, you put it up. You don't want to overthrow it, so you just put it up there, one on one, let a guy make a play, and um, he did that. He made a great catch um, and sealed the deal.
5: What does there need to be in yet another Super Bowl? I
4: assume you never get tired of this.
9: No, you don't. You don't, you don't take it for granted either. Um, you never know how many you're going to get to um, if you're, or if you're going to get to any. Um, and so it truly is special um, just to do it with these guys after what we've been through all season long, guys coming together. Um, it really is special, but uh, I, I told them, I mean, job's not done. I mean, our job now is to prepare ourselves to play a good football team in the Super Bowl and try to get that ring.
4: Patrick, Kelsey, during the week looked like he was particularly fired up. He said uh, at one point, "This was he wanted this one more than any other game," and he looked pumped up before and after the game. What, what got into him this week, or was it just another week for him?
9: Yeah, he's one of those guys that he, he loves the challenge. Um, and I mean, all week, I mean, rightfully so, we heard about how great their defense was, um, and they were. I mean, they shut us out in the second half. Um, But for Travis, that's like, all right, what what can I do against this great defense? Um, And so he he has that mindset, and he led us like that. Every single practice, every single walkthrough, he was focused in. He was locked in, bringing energy. Um, and it makes my job a lot easier when you have a guy that's in that room, that tight end room, that receiving room, and he can lead those young guys and show them how we do and, and uh, lead us uh, to a AFC Championship.
5: Patrick, um, I know how much respect you have for Lamar and what his unit's been able to do. Uh,
1: your defense has been pretty special throughout the season to see what they did today, just how do you kind of put it towards you? Yeah, it's,
9: it's special because that's a great team and a great quarterback. Um, and uh, Spags, it seems like when the games get bigger, when the challenges get higher, he performs even better. Um, and... Um, the guys executed the game plan well. Um, they got timely turnovers that played down down at the goal line, punching the ball out. Uh, I think it was Snead and recovering it. That, would, that was a timely turnover, obviously. And um, whenever they're rolling like that, I have to kind of manage my game. Um, that's stuff that I've learned throughout the season is, even if we're not having the success that I want to have, the defense is rolling and getting stopped. So let's just take the, take the safe choice, get the ball out of my hand, don't turn the ball over, and let's go win a football game.
5: Last two will go Sam and then Adam. Patrick, it's the first time you've had to go on the road here, underdogs twice. What, what was just the experience like of, of this particular path? Yeah, it was cool.
9: Um, just going to two hostile environments, having to come together as a team and, and to win those games and, and hold that trophy, um, it really was special. Um, but if I had my choice, I'd rather do it at Arrowhead. So we'll try, uh, after we go through the Super Bowl and hopefully win it, we're going to try to get it back at Arrowhead uh, next year. Last two. Oh,
5: go ahead. What was the most trying moment? Um, you you mentioned some up and downs. What was the most trying moment for like the season you guys had to push through?
9: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't like losing any any games. So every loss, I feel like, is tough. Um, but uh, we always had everything we wanted in front of us, and we had that mindset, and Coach Reed preaches that every single day we come into the building. Um, and, and no one hung their head, and everybody was ready to go, and now we're going to the Super Bowl, and like I said, we're not done.
6: hey and Adam. Patrick, the play to Travis where you scramble around to make time and finally float in there, you just take us through that and what that reflects about how you guys play together? I
9: mean, of course, Travis ran the wrong route. So, and he ended up getting the football. Um, But uh, no, we were the offensive line did a great job protecting. I was kind of I was trying to find a way to run, but they were they were doing a good job of containing me within with the D line. Um, And then Travis just worked his way to get open, and when he's one on one, I give him a chance, and I threw the ball, and he made a heck of a catch. Um, But uh, I mean, he's a special player, man. And and I always say it, but when the lights get brighter, he plays better. Um, And that's the true uh, mark of a champion, and and that's what he Uh, is. Last one, Adam.
4: You heard Clark talking a little ago about uh, what Andy's like after a loss. Um, from what, what, what's it like from your perspective Can you, after a loss versus after when you guys play well and, and win? There's there's no difference.
9: The only time I've seen Coach Reed like kind of a little bit more excited is after winning the Super Bowl. Other than that, it's like the same exact person, but that's what you need. You need your leader to be calm, win, loss, no matter what it is, the same person, come to work every single day and put that work in. Um, and, and let us uh, be who we are. And he talks about showing your personality, um, and lets us be who we are every single day. But he he's that, has that demeanor to show that no matter what the challenge is, we can go out there and uh, attack it. All right, thank you.
8: How are you guys right. doing, no, 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 no.
5: Chris? Uh, Fourth time you're here, but what stands out about you guys?
8: Have? Uh, uh, I think mean, I think it's evident that we had uh, finally go on the road, win a road playoff game, right? Um, and the, um, the obstacles we had to, just to get to this um, AFC championship game, one of Josh Allen and uh, defeating the Buffalo Bills. Um, playing our first game at Arrowhead facing the Miami Dolphins, one of the highest power offenses in this game. They scored 70 points, I think, on the second game of the year. So when you take that into consideration, it's like that's um, <laughs> a lot of obstacles we had to get through in order to be where we are today. And then facing Lamar with one of the best defenses I've seen. They got a complete team and being able to overcome that uh, is an obstacle itself. I think Lamar showed why he was MVP and why he will win it again this year. He's an outstanding quarterback and they got um, a lot of weapons around him. Chris, is there a
6: different sort of satisfaction in the path you guys have taken this
8: season? Absolutely, you gotta um, take a second and look back at um, everything you had to go through. I never think it's about the destination, but the journey to get to the destination. And you look at the journey we had to take, it's a it's a huge appreciation for that. You,
7: First, like you, you guys. you guys had Serge uh, May and Spags We Trust. Just talk about that and the, the job that he did today.
8: I, I still think Spags should um, be up for Assistant Coach of the Year. I mean, what he's been able to do with his defense from last year to this year, and um, <clears throat> how he was able over to overcome a lot of humps, how he was over, how, uh, how we was able to uh, force a lot of guys to grow. You know, you look at last year, uh, it was, what, 15, 13, you know, uh, we gave up a lot of big plays and come back this year, um, I'll say it right now that Jerry Schnee had an all-pro year, should have been an all-pro. Tutu had an all-pro year and we can go on down the list and those guys set the standard on the back end and we just continue humping with Joe Cullen on, uh, on the front end, Paul's Sch- Chris, yeah.
4: Chris what, was, what was it about this year's journey that you really appreciated?
8: Just uh, um, the adversity we had to face, you know, um, losing the first game of the year. Unfortunately, I wasn't here uh, getting over that and um, the holdout situation for me. Um, and then uh, you, you, to make it to the playoffs, facing the Miami Dolphins, who is, you know, their offense can score at any moment. Then having to go up to Buffalo and play. And they've been playing lights out all year. You know, Josh Allen picked it up around the sixth game of the year, and they beat a better um, Dallas Cowboys team. And they didn't lose until we was able to defeat them in the playoff. And then you come up to, to me, the best team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, at their home um, with the adversity that we had to face, the fans, the crowd, home field advantage, um, and being able to defeat them. So I think there's a huge appreciation you have to take within that journey.
3: Particular challenges that Lamar
8: presents. which feel like you did well on defense, you know, to, to, to limit him the way you did. Yeah, we um, as a whole we tried to limit his big plays. We knew we wasn't going to be able to completely stop him, um, but j- just try to eliminate big plays. I think they hit us on two. Um, Alj kind of lost, uh, um, lost the lost receiver in the back end. Four made a, a, a big time catch, uh, and uh, the second one, where well, the first one was Nick, he got beat over the top by number four. Lamar started running. Um, two big plays. So if we're able to limit Lamar to two big plays, that's good. You know. You mentioned LJ's off pro season. Just how big was that play for you guys to, to get the fumble up the go line? It was huge. It just shows the testament and the commitment he made throughout the year. Uh, the guy's been making plays all year. Um, you, you can pull up his film. I don't think a receiver had over 100 yards on him the whole year. So when you got a guy like that in the physical aspect of that, you see him jamming guys in the ground. Yeah, um, a few weeks ago you seen a highlight of him just pushing Tyreek in the ground. So when you have a cornerback on your team and that type of cornerback on your team, you can lock one side down. So we're able to kind of play tango or cover three on the other side with man-to-man man this side because we know we got faith and trust in him that we're not worried about LJ. So he had a whole other dynamic to this defense that I think Spaz was able to utilize and um, take advantage of. Last
7: couple. Chris, was there a moment early in the season
6: when you thought that this defensive unit could
8: be special? I mean, from the beginning. Uh, we knew last year um, a lot of guys were going to force to grow, whether it's Josh, a young guy who's coming out, or Watson, a young guy who's coming out, you know. When you got leaders, uh, really two all pros in the room, kind of those guys are able to build and grow from that. They can watch LJ. They can watch Trent McDuffie. They can watch their preparation, and uh, they begin to prepare like that. They begin to want to be that guy, you know what I mean? So it helps a lot. this, but just to be
5: sure, was there a, ever a moment where you
8: doubted you guys should put be back here? Man, y'all doubted us. We ain't doubted. Y'all take care. <laughs>
10: You were just here for that. What does it mean for Chris to speak so kindly about you and your season? Oh, it's a blessing, you know, that type of guy, Chris. You know, he's a great player, great guy as well. And to hear that comfort from him, he's a like, lot. What did you see on the, the play where you were able to knock the ball free but at the goal line? Uh, you know, I saw him. He had his step on me. You know, all was in my mind was just catch up and make the tackle. And that's what I did. And when I him scratch the ball, I would just punched at the ball and it came out. What did he say to
4: you a couple plays before he got the penalty? He kind of pushed
10: you down. What did he yeah, say? It? I didn't. I didn't know that he did that. If I did knew he did, I would have said something to him. You know, <laughs> but yeah, the guys are telling me he still over me, and you know, I didn't see that, but yeah. So you don't know what the penalty was. No, I did not. I just
6: walked off the yes, play. So you weren't extra fired up
10: from that play or anything. I you? mean, yes, I was. I was kind of you know mad at myself because I didn't see him get behind me when I went to safety, and you know I was like next play mentality. Yeah.
6: Is that what the breakdown was on the play? Just track yeah, I didn't
10: track or, them, and right. I lost them behind me. Jersey, what stands out
6: about the route you guys had
5: to take to get here? Uh, Obviously, number three seed go on the road. I mean, just throughout the whole season, what
10: stands out to you about how you guys did it? You know, we had a lot of doubters from the beginning of the season. No one believed in us. The champs at that. They didn't believe in us, but we stayed there. We had a lot of adversity, and we kept going, and look where we're at now. Well,
0: Jarius, they're a dominant team playing for head. How important was getting the lead early on them I
9: and
10: you guys playing ahead the whole game? Yes, that was the main thing. Make sure we get a lead on them okay. and make sure we get out front first and just do what we do and stop Lamar. How many coverages did you guys play this? How many coverages? Yeah. we uh, play like zero and ten. A couple more. Lamar
6: hold the ball a lot. His time to
10: throw
6: was way high, higher than his season average. How important was it for you guys to keep stuff in front of you and then also be able to balance
7: that with keeping it in the pocket and not allowing that quick game?
10: Uh, yes, we knew the whole time. You know, Lamar was going to run around. And the whole week, we just been spazzed just to put it out here make sure we plastered on our guys because Lamar was going to run around and look down the field to throw the ball, and we made sure we stayed glue on them guys. Was there a
6: particular enjoyment in doing this on
10: the road the past couple of Ah, uh, Yeah, man, you know, we've been at home most of the time for the couple past years, and... Come to someone else's home and take over—it's—it's it's feel great. Last one,
6: anybody? Thanks,
7: Elliot. Thanks, Elliot. Yep, thank you. All right, real quick, I just would like to um, uh, congratulate Canton uh, City, uh, Kansas City, the the amazing cheese kingdom. Um, quick thanks to to Clark Hunt and his amazing family for. For trusting in our vision and, and giving us all the things we need. Mark Donovan and his staff, um, just amazing. Uh, blessing to work with his coaching staff, and, and you know, the credit goes to all the players. Um, just amazing. I, I joke with uh, with our staff on the way in. It was like a, a 1990s old AFC Central game. It was just a you know physical game, how to make plays, and um, kind of a throwback game from what we're used to playing. But um, nevertheless, just congratulations to the, to the team and the staff. Just an amazing job.
3: Right. What,
7: what stands out about the, the, the journey to, to get here? The, to get the past? Yeah, I, I just think we probably had more adversity this year. You know, I, it is, um, I think someone asked a question before. I, I mean, I don't play, but, I mean, just being around here and being part of this, I mean, there is the aspect of a mental fatigue. I mean, we've, we've been blessed and fortunate to have a, a long seasons, and, and these guys, um, their off seasons are shorter and shorter and shorter. And as everyone knows, Coach runs a, an extremely um, tough training camp. And, and so there is a little bit of that, but these guys, it pays off in the end because <clears throat> when you play your most important football, these guys are, are just so hard and so tough that, you know, we're able to come in environments like this and, and Buffalo last week and win. It's not easy to do, but I think it's just, you know, how these guys are wired. Go ahead. Brett, you won for so many reasons and defense
6: particularly, et cetera, but I wonder if you could just describe the constant that Patrick has brought to it all
7: um, to, to maintain what you guys have done the last few years and how that's stood up. <clears throat> you can't describe it. I mean, he's a legend, so. I mean, it's it's a blessing um, that you know he's part of this uh, organization, and you know he's uh, he's the best, and I, you know I, it's hard to describe a player like him um, because he's he's good in everything he does, and he gives everyone you know that um, belief and hope that doesn't matter you know what the odds are and where we're playing and where we're going that if we have 15. Under center, we have a shot, so it's, it's really hard to explain someone that good, I think, um, but yeah, he's the best. But one other factor with it, too, is you, you, you know him enough by now to
6: know that when, when he's being theoretically doubted that that seems to ratchet things up a little bit. Yeah. As, as, as you, were you yeah. pleased to see those sorts of doubts out there last yeah, week? Yeah, I'm not time? sure
7: why anyone would do that and, and, and throw shit at him like that because, you know, he's, uh, he, um, you know, you don't... He's going to give you his best shot anyway, so I don't, there's no need to poke poke the bear. But if they want to do it, you know, we we'll, we certainly appreciate it.
4: Last two, Adam and Pete. Look, Brett, um, the uh, after the Christmas Day game, it, it's hard to see you guys being standing here and doing this tonight. What uh, what did you see? Were there things you saw at that time to let you know that there was you could still get this turnaround and be at this point now?
7: I think that you know, it, it's funny. We we talked about this as a staff after that game, and. Um, it's, it's what you do with adversity and how you handle it. And I actually think that, that you know, a big reason of why we're here tonight is because of that Vegas game. You know, sometimes you know, the worst things that, that happen to you or, or in your season are, turn out to be the best thing. And you know, we were finding ways to win games, but you know, something was off, whether it be offense or defense or special teams. It just wasn't in sync. And, but we were winning, and I think sometimes that just is deodorant, and you just keep going and going and going. That, that loss, I think, really hit us. And you know, I think it, it allowed the whole organization to take a look in the mirror. Um, so I really point to that game as one of, you know, really being one of the key motivating factors to just get everyone dialed in here and, you know, as a GM, as a, as a coach, anyone on our staff, I think you, the hope and, 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 and thought when the season starts is if you can just be healthy and, and, and hot at the end of the season, um, that's all you can ask for and, you know, um, just fortunate that our, our team was relatively healthy and and you know we're playing our best football when it matters most. Last one, yeah. Last year you guys really the defense <coughs> the draft picks. Uh, this year,
4: just how important now that you look back was the selection of Rasheed Rice and what he's been to what the offense can do.
7: Yeah, I mean, listen, we're always we're always trying to get get Pat offensive help, and I mean, no matter what people think or say, and um, it was a unique free agency and and um, wasn't a lot to choose from, and then you're picking last from the draft, uh, so we. You know, we took what we had and and we invested in some veteran defensive players and brought Charles in and Drew in and Mike Edwards in and and then, you know, did try to to get a receiver earlier in the draft, didn't work out, and you know, but we were patient and and that's what you need to do, just be patient and disciplined and, and, you know, thankfully it worked out and Rashid's done great, but you don't have to give 15 much, you give him a little and he'll do the rest.
5: Uh, All right, I'd like to open up by just congratulating Coach Reed, his staff, and all the players on a tremendous performance tonight. Uh, Baltimore uh, had an outstanding season, uh, a great football team, a complete football team, and I thought Andy and his staff had the guys uh, ready to go tonight uh, from minute one. Uh, The defense uh, obviously did a great job of buckling down and helping us get the victory in the second half. Clark, I I know
6: you've been asked to summarize this a number of times, but can you put into words what Patrick's time with the franchise has meant to the franchise and how it's seemingly changed everything?
5: yeah well uh, patrick's a special player and also a special person and uh, the fact that uh, we got to participate in our sixth straight afc championship game tonight and we're heading to another super bowl i think tells you all you need to know about uh, him as a person as a player uh, but he's also a special person and uh, i just want to mention and he's here in the room with us that i appreciate him giving a shout out to my mom on the stage tonight
6: and just to that point too i mean awareness of that, but obviously your own acute awareness of that, what does that feel like right now for you to have this in honor of your mom that way?
5: Yeah, well, it, it's a special time for our family uh, all the way around, uh, getting to participate in these games where we get to compete for the Lamar Hunt Trophy. Uh, this year's probably more poignant uh, because my mom's not here for the first time, and uh, she was definitely in, in the back of our minds uh, throughout the week and tonight.
4: Adam, uh, Clark. Uh After that Christmas Day game, he'd lost, I think, 5 of 8, and things didn't look great. Was there something that told you that maybe this was was realistic, that this was possible, this was going to happen?
5: Yes. um, We've been lucky to have Andy uh, here coaching the team for over 10 years, and he and the staff, as I mentioned, do a great job. One of the things that I think they're best at is being consistent, uh, no matter what's going on. Uh, and that's an important message when, you, when you're being successful. It's also even more important, I think, uh, when things are, are not working for you. And uh, Andy's you know, head was never down. He not, never doubted uh, the team. And he and his staff just kept teaching. And um, you know, the result was by the time we got to the playoffs, we started playing our best football of the season. Uh, I also want to say that our general manager, Brett Veach, has done a tremendous job here over the last – uh, several years, uh, certainly uh, during the, the run that we've had in the AFC Championship games and the Super Bowl, but that defense that was out there tonight are a bunch of young players for the most part, and uh, Brett's done a fa- fantastic job of getting those players here so that Andy and his staff can coach them. You
4: talk about Andy being consistent, even when things weren't going well. Do you have any stories from, from that time that sort of maybe illustrate what you're talking about
5: here? Yeah, well, a- after a, a tough game when we uh, meet in the... Uh, his locker room, um, when we haven't gotten a victory, uh, there, some of us in there have our heads down. Uh, and he's never one, one of those guys. He, he's already looking forward uh, to the next week. He's looking forward to the next opportunity. Doesn't believe that you know, whatever problems that we had in the game that, that week are going to carry over to the next and is very, very positive in that regard.
10: All right. Thank you, Clark.